Creating business isn't about doing hashtag all the things. It's about doing the right thing at the right time to create systems for success. Welcome to the Master the Sales Game podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing specific strategies, tactics, and practical know-how from myself and other successful business owners, helping you grow and scale your business. I'm your host, Susan McVeigh, helping you master the sales game and sell with more ease without the sleaze. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, let's get started. Hey, you're back. Today's episode is all about lead generation. And now, I know, don't click away because maybe you're even thinking, gosh, I'm here to talk about sales and learn about sales and hear more about why my results are lacking. And perhaps you've even bought into this whole idea that lead generation is actually a marketing issue. Well, I'm here to tell you today that it's not. Lead generation is very much part of your sales process. And if you missed episode number 10, go back and listen to that one, uh, where I walk you through all seven steps in the sales process. And you start with this one, number one, which is lead generation. So that's what we're talking all about in today's episode. Now, you're gonna to wanna to grab your paper and your pen and take some notes here because I'm hoping that you're gonna have some really big aha moments around why lead generation is part of your sales process and how important it is when you're trying to get more sales, when you're trying to help more customers, when you're trying to make more money and more impact. This, I can't even stress um, enough how important it is that you have enough leads coming through the door. Now, if you've been following me for some time, you know that I talk about um, going for biggest bang for your buck, right? Like the highest amount of transformation in the shortest amount of time in order to create as much income leverage and time leverage as possible. So I don't ascribe to an hourly paid model, I think, uh, and we'll talk about that in an upcoming episode. That just leaves you in the trap of being an employee in your own business instead of being a business owner or an entrepreneur. So that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about making sure that you have enough customers. And yes, you can sell to one person, to 10 people, to 100 people, to 1,000 people. Really, once you have a system in place, you can put this on autopilot and auto dial with some actual systems and tools that can help you to do some of these things or people. But the most critical part is that you don't forget that this is part of your sales equation and that you don't leave it to um, the marketing gods or your marketing team or, uh, or you because chances are, just like when I first started, that was me. I had to make sure that I was doing my marketing activities as well as my sales activities. I think when we lose sight of the fact that lead generation is part of your sales process, we miss the intention behind it. So for the purposes of this episode, when I talk about lead generation and prospecting, they are one and the same. They are one and the same as it relates to your sales process. And the reason for that is because you need to understand the mechanism of creating leads is really designed to help you to prospect. So I'm going to give you a, a really quick example, a, a story that I hope will help to illustrate exactly what I mean. We're going to go back in the old days when uh, it was still the gold rush, right? So at least here in North America, um, there were gold rush miners, um, so mostly men who would come out in search of fortune, in search of finding gold, like real gold nuggets. 
hidden in the earth. And what they would end up doing is they would dig and tap. And once they had unearthed some of this stuff, they would have to wash out the pan. So they had these little shallow pans. They looked like pie plates, actually. And they would go in and scoop up a whole bunch of muck. And with the water, they would swirl that pan around. So they would swirl and swirl and swirl. And as they were agitating the bits and pieces in the bottom, because gold is denser than other earthly material like uh, rocks and dirt, it would stay it would stay in the bottom of the pan and everything else would get swooshed out of the pan. That was the whole idea behind it. Even the smallest of, of tiny gold particles. And so as these gold miners would go and prospect, that's what this activity was called, was prospecting, they would be looking for those gold specks. And that's essentially what you're doing when you are doing your prospecting activities. Now, if you don't come from a sales background, which I'm guessing you don't, um, but even if you do, you you should hopefully know that prospecting is a very common term that's used with salespeople. Now, like it or not, you are a salesperson because if your business relies on sales, which it should, then you are more, most likely the critical piece in this equation. And it's important that you understand your role as the gold miner to go out and dig for the gold, the gold being your potential customers. Now, Depending on how well your marketing works, and we'll talk about this in an upcoming episode, it's really important that your marketing and your sales goes hand in hand. They can't work in isolation. So while we're focusing on the importance of lead generation and prospecting activities as it relates to your sales process, I really want to make clear that this is not being done in a silo. It is not being done um, all by itself on this island over here and not connected to your marketing activities whatsoever. When you do that, things become very disjointed, your market becomes confused, and you don't have the level of success that you want. When they work together in tandem, basically you're pouring gas on something that's already going and you ignite that fire even bigger. So today when we're talking about prospecting, I really want you to have that image of that gold miner in mind that your activity is really to go out and find the gold to make sure that you're talking to enough people to make sure that enough people are coming into your ecosystem to know about you so that they can move through the rest of the stages of the sales process so I'm not going to go through all of the seven steps of the sales process I want you to go back and listen to that episode we'll link it down below in the show notes so that you have a, an opportunity to go and walk through that whole episode in case you've missed it but the cold note version that I want you to take away from that that applies here is that if you don't have enough leads coming into the front end of your sales pipeline, your entire funnel, then you don't have enough people that are walking through the next stages of your sales process. Remember, the goal of your sales process is to get somebody who's at point A or stage one to go all the way through to stage seven which is to buy something from you as a customer and finally say yes. So you got to keep in mind, there's seven steps, right? Not everybody's going to make it all the way through. And so given that that's the case, you're going to have people dropping off at every single touch point, right? Like every single stage in the game, there's an opportunity for people to no longer move forward. And so if that's the case, then really somebody that is there at stage one as a lead 
they may not make it all the way through. It's very, very rare that I see a business that 100% conversion rate holds true, meaning that for every one person that comes in the front, one person comes out the end as a customer. Now, wouldn't that be wonderful? That would be amazing, but the truth is that just does not happen. Right? You either have a very, very restrictive business model where the quality is very high, but maybe the cost of acquiring those clients is even higher, um, or you just don't have enough leads, which unfortunately is where I see the bulk of customers, the bulk of clients that I'm working with kind of ending up. So if you want to have more paying customers on the back end, we need to reverse engineer and make sure that you have enough leads in the front end. Now, again, too often what I see is that you may be overcomplicating this process because what I want you to understand is that marketing is like getting uh, getting the girls to the bar and sales is what allows those girls to decide to come home with you. Now I'm oversimplifying, but I hope you can kind of get the gist of that through this analogy that if you don't do enough on your marketing activities to help you with your lead generation, then it's going to feel like you're constantly chasing after people. So those two need to work hand in hand. We'll dive in a little bit deeper in an upcoming episode. For the purposes of our discussion today, I want you to really just understand that if you don't think about your lead generation as a sales activity, as part of your sales process, you're going to miss the mark because the intention behind it is not for you to get just a whole whack of leads. The intention is for you, just like that gold miner, to have enough people, to have enough prospects that you can filter to get to stage two in your sales process right, to start panning and swishing and swirling so that you can see the golden nuggets at the very bottom. If you don't have enough, then you aren't able to do that activity. Now, we also want to talk about quality here because if you keep mining in the same place over and over again and you realize, that, gosh, this is just not where the gold is, then all of that prospecting is really wasted time and effort and energy. And it gets very frustrating too. So what I want you to think about is prospecting can happen anywhere and everywhere. And I think too often we put ourselves into a box and go, I only find my clients here. I only find my clients there. I this is the only place that my clients hang out. And if you, if you think that way, you're really coming from um, a lack mentality. And I really, really believe that there is an opportunity for clients to be found everywhere. And I see evidence of this all the time, personally, and with my clients. Now, having said that, I know that sometimes it can feel like you're trying to find a needle in a haystack, that regardless of whether or not I say this, you might not believe me. It might feel like it's a, a lot of work and effort to try and find those folks, and that it feels like you're that prospector that seems to only be digging up muck and, and grime instead of having anything left in the pan that is a, a even resembles a golden nugget. So if that is you, let's dive in a little bit deeper in this piece here. Where the heck do you find these leads? How do you make sure that your prospecting activities are actually fruitful and that they are getting you in front of the right people? So what I want you to do is think about where are some of your best clients? Where have you met them? Where do you know that they spend their time? And is there an opportunity for you to be in those places, in those rooms, at those tables, speaking with those types of individuals. So as an example, it could be virtually using social media platforms. 
So if you work with professionals, perhaps your social media platform of choice needs to be LinkedIn. If you are working with uh, busy moms, maybe it's Instagram or even Facebook. If you're working with millennials, maybe you're on TikTok, right? So what I want you to think about is where is your ideal client most likely to be spending some spare time? Where would they be most likely to be looking for something like your services? It could be something as simple as a Craigslist listing or putting up a job posting or uh, an advert in your local newspaper or on your radio station. I know you're probably laughing at me, but I, but I really want to stress that based on your ideal customer, you need to find the method and the platform that actually works the best for them. Now, can you use some other tip, uh, tips and tricks and strategies? Sure, absolutely. But I don't want you to overcomplicate things because I think sometimes we wonder, well, the grass is greener on the other side. So if it's working for them, then it must be working for me. And that's not always the case because it really needs to come down to what do you enjoy doing? If you're an introvert, do you want to go to uh, public networking events and conferences and travel the, the earth to be able to go to these places in person? Probably not. I mean, there's always that rare exception, but chances are if you are extremely introverted and you're also on the shyer side, you would rather do something where it's on your own timeline, where you can pop in and out as you so choose. Maybe social media and doing virtual um, types of activities might be a better bet. Now, if you are a huge introvert, like some of my clients are, you may say, I really get lonely doing things behind my computer and hiding on social media. I really enjoy the connection, but gosh, I wish I could just go out and meet people in person. Fabulous. Go and find local um, memberships, associations, meetup groups, chamber of commerce, networking events, like you name it, you can find it. It's just a matter of you being resourceful and looking at the resources that are accessible to you, including past and current clients. Where are they going? How did they find you? Do you have a way to be able to capture this information so that when a new prospect comes and approaches you, you know exactly how they were able to do that? Do you know if they found you via Google or Yelp or through a personal recommendation. Maybe you have a, a raving fan or a past customer or a connection that you've made in years past that has been sending you all of these referrals and you had no idea. So don't make it complicated. Don't make it harder than it needs to be. What I want you to think about is where are sources? And really at this point, you really probably only need between one and three really high quality sources or prospecting. If you were able to do your lead generation consistently, day in and day out, every single day, maximizing your time on one, two, or three different types of prospecting activities in terms of the source of where you're going, I'm going to guarantee that it's not really about the source, right? It doesn't matter where I tell you to go to do these lead generation activities. It's more important that you're consistently doing it. Now, what does that mean? Well, there's a couple of things that you have an opportunity to do. Number one is you need to make sure that people know who you are. Do they know who you are, right? Because I know we've all heard the know, like, and trust, but if they don't know who you are, then they're not going to start to be able to build a connection 
build a relationship, get to know you, get to trust you, and eventually work through your sales process to buy from you or refer to you, which is the ultimate, right? And so at this point, regardless of where you're going, you need to make sure, so as an example, if you went out to a, uh, a networking event, you went to a conference, if you just went and you spoke to nobody, that wouldn't be a very good activity for lead generation. Maybe it's for your own personal and self-development, and that is a whole other thing. But if you wanted to use this as a lead generation activity as well, well, then you need to set some targets. You need to set some goals around the outcomes and the results and the activity that you want to be doing while you're at that event. So if you're going to a networking event and it's a whole day event, maybe you want to have at least one really good quality connection with an opportunity to do some kind of a follow-up conversation. That might be, you know, one type of outcome. Or you might say, you know what, I, this is kind of like speed dating for me. I want to try and connect with as many people as possible so that I can filter them out and see who else I need to connect with as my follow-up. So maybe instead of one, one really high quality connection where there is some kind of follow-up and that's your measure of success, maybe instead you're going to decide, you know what, I'm going to want to do at least one or two uh, connections per hour with the outcome that I'm going to have half of them turn into some kind of follow-up activity, whether it's a meeting or an email or some kind of acknowledgement that we're going to continue the conversation. So regardless of what you decide is your activity, it is really important that you actually do set some goals, some targets, and some outcomes. Now, I'm going to share with you what I did at the very, very beginning of my business in terms of lead generation so that you can kind of get a sense of how simple it can be, as well as what I used to do back in corporate and now what I do in my business, given that I'm a little bit further along. Okay, so I'm going to give you all, all different perspectives so that you can kind of get a sense of what your lead generation activities need to look like in order to help you convert more of those connections into customers and have more meaningful conversations and dialogue that turn into yeses for your business. So when I first started my business, I decided that with having really no background in marketing, um, although now I recognize that there were definitely some things that I had taken in uh, through my childhood in helping my, my uh, parents at their store. So never underestimate what you've actually learned through experience without being, quote, certified or um, gone to school for it or anything like that. That's a whole sidebar. Anyways, um, so what I had done when I started my business around prospecting, I decided that um, contacts were king or queen. And regardless of the amount of um, content that I was putting out, that face-to-face -face connections, that there was something magical about that. And I knew that in order for me to convert people into customers, I would need to have a conversation because I was selling a higher price premium program and service. So I set a goal for myself that I wanted to have at least five contacts every single day. Not all of them turned into calls or conversations, but I wanted to have at least an initial dialogue, whether it's a text message um, through the content that I was putting out, somehow a meaningful dialogue so that I was able to have some initial contact with at least five people every single day, Monday through Friday. So my goal was 25 contacts. And with the goal that I would start getting some 
discovery calls booked, sales calls, right? So that I could find out a little bit more about what people were looking for, whether or not what I was offering was of value. And if these people that I was speaking with were actually my target client. So very, very quickly, I was able to get uh, between 10 and 15 discovery calls being booked every single week. Now, again, because I was focusing on a lead generation activity with the intention that this was leading into my sales process, it immediately started moving the needle forward. And I know that if you do this today, if you set a similar goal, there is no possible way within 30 to 60 days that you would not start seeing a direct impact to your bottom line. Now, if you have if you have done this and you're thinking, well, gosh, I have that and more, Susan, but I'm simply not converting. Well, then go back and listen to episode number 10 because I'm going to walk you through where you're a little bit broken. But chances are it's going to be near, um, it's going to be further along in your, in your sales process. You either need to better qualify those leads or something's broken in your need analysis and your proposal because you're probably making offers to individuals that aren't quite qualified to work with you. And so the quality of your leads aren't where they need to be in order to help you to optimize your conversion, which is a fancy way of saying you're, you're talking to people who aren't ready to say yes. And until you up the quality, you're going to consistently hear more no's than yeses, which is frustrating and probably using up a lot of your time. So in the initial stages, um, that's what I also saw. And so I started to tighten up my, uh, my lead qualification. So step two in the sales process. But the important thing to note is I knew that I could generate those kinds of leads. Now, in the early stages, it was all uh, manual. It was me having conversations. It was me going onto social media and doing some of these things. Now in my business, and actually it happened pretty quickly where I started to go, I have a system, here's the thing that somebody is talking about, and here's a way for me to automate this, at least the front part of this conversation so that I can do some of the back end which I can't automate on my own. So there are two pieces. I had help with my VA, the very early stage, to have at least just initial conversations with people that were coming in through my free Facebook community. And every single person that came in was a potential prospect, somebody that I might be able to help because of the topic of my group. And so I would send out welcome messages. As my group started getting bigger and bigger, I had a virtual assistant that would help me and send out those uh, messages on my behalf. Now, that is an automated system using a person. So when I got a little bit further along, what I figured out was that I had a free resource, a freebie or a lead magnet that would help individuals that were struggling with a problem that I could help them with through my coaching and consulting services. And so instead of me having a conversation with them, instead of me having my VA send out a conversation with them, I was able to offer them this free gift instead and then start an automated process where they would find out about me and start building that relationship and invite them to book a phone conversation at the end if they were interested in learning more about me. This was all done through an automated email service provider. And that is still something to this day, although I don't take as many phone calls because I really only work on the consulting side through referrals only. And then with my um, private online clients, 
my entrepreneurs and business owners, uh, the bulk of you are working with me through Sales Mastery Society or one of my other programs. So when they click the link to book a call, I can see that and I have an opportunity to have that on my calendar and then I don't have to do the front end that I was doing manually before as part of my lead generation and my prospecting activities. Now, my freebie, the lead magnet that I designed was specifically done in a way to generate people who are interested in booking a sales conversation or moving through the next stage in my sales process. And that's why it's really important that although sometimes creating those lead magnets are part of your marketing activities, it definitely needs to be done through a sales lens because if it's not connected to your end offer, this is where things go haywire and people don't take the next step because they're confused. So it's really important that whether you're doing things manually like I did at the beginning and sometimes I, truthfully, I still do it from time to time now, um, or on an automated system where is, you know, that might be where you're already at, that you take a little bit of an audit and you really dissect is the thing that I'm giving you for free directly related to the thing that I want to give that's paid. And if not, there's an incongruency. There's a big enough gap that it's going to cause confusion in the marketplace that your uh, ideal clients won't understand the path that you're trying to lead them on. And those breadcrumb trails that you're leading them through, they'll lose sight of it. And you don't want to do that because as Donald Miller says, you confuse, you lose. So don't confuse your prospects. Don't confuse the process. It's really important that when you think about that gold miner and you think, gosh, like I am digging in a, in a place where my ideal customers just simply aren't. Like I'm digging and digging and digging and there are no golden nuggets. Essentially, if you are in the wrong place talking to the wrong audience or you're giving them the wrong thing, that doesn't relate to the end offer, you are like that gold line prospector that's in the wrong place at the wrong time doing the wrong activity. You might be going through the same motions as everybody else, but you're not going to get the same outcome. So I hope this episode was helpful for you to unpack why it's so important that your lead generation and your prospecting activities are part of your sales process and that you don't lose sight of how important it is that you do the activities as consistently as you possibly can, but also that those activities are related to the end sales program solution offer service that you are trying to get your customers to buy from you. Without that congruency, without that connection, without that um, alignment, you simply aren't going to have people walk through the next step in the process. And that's ultimately what we want to happen in order for you to see as much success as possible and to improve the results that you're seeing compared to today in your business. So we're going to link up uh, episode number 10 in the show notes below. If you're struggling with the pricing objection, because I know that sometimes that is the biggest issue that comes up from time to time with uh, sales conversations that you might be having, no matter how automated the rest of your process is, if you're having conversations in order to convert your prospects into paying customers, chances are you have heard this objection or you're coming up against it or you are worried about 
coming up against it and you need some strategies, I'll link my free resource to you below, which is how to turn I Can't Afford It into Sign Me Up. It's gonna be right below us here in the show notes. And last but not least, if you are interested in joining us and really walking through and dialing this in into your business, come and join me and my amazing clients over in Sales Mastery Society. We're gonna be uh, linking up the waitlist down below so that you can snag your spot the next time we open the doors. Thanks so much, and we will see you in the next episode. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to let me know what you think by leaving a review so I know how best to serve you. If you're enjoying this show, don't forget to share and hit subscribe so you know when the next show is up. See you next time.